Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market. We'll also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Ilias Frankel, Head of Marketing for Dandelion Energy. He details how marketing for a geothermal technology company requires a lot of education for the consumer. He also offers up some creative approaches to out-of-home advertising. AJ keeps an even keel with one cup of coffee, but Vincent has already had two. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again. The Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. Starista. Identity marketing company, our own databases, help you with marketing, get new customers. Enough about that. More about me. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the vice president of B2B products here. With me, as always, as you know, my CEO at Starista, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Quite an uh, introduction today. You must be in uh, rare form. I am usually in rare form. I like that about me. If I am in not rare form, that means something catastrophic has happened. Uh, I am on my second cup of coffee because, as you know, I have a three-year-old and a three-month-old, and they wake up at various hours. (laughs) Yay! Children. Awesome. How's your day going, AJ? It's going well. I've only had one cup of coffee, but I think uh, I, I think you know I I can I, I keep an even keel, so too much coffee is not good for me. Yeah, I don't. I still think you could have five cups of coffee and you'd still be even keeled. Who knows? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of drinks. That's a different story. But hey, that's uh, true. I, I've seen both. I've seen both. Um, but yeah, no, this is uh, you know this is a great one we have today, AJ. This I'm very excited about because it's a different type of company that we've talked to thus far. Uh, Some have been similar, different in their own right. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is 100% different uh, and even different than what you may think from an energy company. That's a little hint right there. Because today we are joined by the head of marketing at Dandelion Energy. We're going to find out all about that. Ladies and gentlemen, live from New York as well, based in Brooklyn, please give a warm marketing stir welcome for Ilias Franco. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, we're happy to have you. It's been a pleasure catching up with you uh, a couple weeks ago, learning more about you, uh, discovering that you have something in common with one of our producers, Valerie. You both uh, attended, you know, Macaulay Honors uh, program and school here in New York City. What a nice coincidence! So I know that we're in good company. Uh, Ilias, talk to me about your role at Dandelion, and then elaborate a little bit on Dandelion itself. Sure, sure, Vincent. So I am the head of marketing uh, at Dandelion Energy. Dandelion Energy is um, a company that spun out of Alphabet X Lab uh, about three or four years ago. And our mission is to uh, offer geothermal heating and cooling solutions to millions of Americans. Um, and so I think we'll get into what geothermal is uh, on the podcast. But uh, in case, just to give you guys a quick kind of sneak preview, 
it's basically using the ground beneath your yard to heat and cool your home. Um, it's, uh, it's a really cool uh, innovative technology and uh, it replaces your fuel oil, propane, natural gas heating systems with something that's renewable and cuts your carbon emissions of your home by up to 75 or 80%. And for many homeowners in the states that we operate in, which are New York and Connecticut, we are also able to save homeowners about 50% on their operating costs for heating and cooling their homes. Yeah, I love that. We're definitely going to dive into geothermal because it was, you know, something I wasn't that aware of, uh, you know, but hey, that doesn't mean other people weren't. But, you know, people a lot of times think solar. We'll, we'll talk about that. But let's back up a little bit. You know, why, you know, tell me how you got to Dandelion Energy. You know, I know your background. You started out at Squarespace, which a lot of people know. And then just curious to see what brought you to the energy industry. Yeah, yeah. So I actually started my, I would say, tech career or marketing career. Um, uh, even before Squarespace, I was at Tumblr, uh, the blogging social platform, um, up until it got acquired by Yahoo. And then I went to Squarespace uh, to do marketing. Um, at Squarespace, I was focused on a growth role, doing growth marketing and acquisition, uh, managing millions of dollars in uh, ad spend, across a variety of channels, including podcast, um, podcast marketing, but also including things like influencer marketing, radio, out of home, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I spent a few years there uh, kind of honing my skills. And uh, then I decided to uh, take uh, a leap and pursue something that I've been interested in for a long time, which was solar energy. Uh, so I joined a startup in Colorado and Boulder that comes from Techstars, called Wonder Capital. Uh, Wonder Capital, really cool startup. It's, uh, it allows investors uh, to invest in solar assets and earn anywhere from six to eight and a half percent returns. Um, it's the largest commercial solar financing company in the US. And so I was able to spend about three years there growing that business. And um, a little more than a year and a half ago, I got approached by Dandelion uh, to lead marketing here. And I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, refuse the offer and uh, the, the, the product and the space. And so I've, I've been here and I'm really excited to, to continue my work with Dandelion. And talk to me about like how Dandelion got started, you know, kind of with the, the basis of that organization. Yeah. So, so Dandelion's got a really cool story. I think, um, you know, it's got a really interesting origination story because it, um, like I said, spun out of Alphabet's X-Lab. And for those um, listeners who haven't heard about the X-Lab, it's um, the Moonshot Factories is the nickname of it. So that's where Google innovates and creates its most innovative products. Um, things like Waymo, the self-driving car technology, and other you know really uh, impactful, innovative things. Um, our co-founder and president, Kathy Hanoon, was uh, working at Google as a rapid evaluator, uh, evaluating different technologies for their impact on uh, the globe with a focus on climate and, and environmental impact. And she, uh, through some colleagues at Google, stumbled upon geothermal, otherwise colloquially known as, or uh, no, colloquially, known, colloquially known as geothermal, uh, but in the industry known as ground source heating, as a solution for uh, furnaces and boilers that people have in their homes that want to emit a lot of carbon because you're 
literally burning fossil fuels in your basement or you know in your garage uh, to something that's a lot cleaner and you know uh, potentially also offers cost savings to consumers and so um, Kathy and her uh, co-founder and our CTO James Quasi incubated the company at uh, Alphabet's X Lab, uh, worked on the initial R&D for our drilling technology, for the heat pump itself, and then um, spun the company out out of Alphabet into a separate company uh, because Google is you know, a great company and they uh, have a lot of great products and services, but their core business you know, is, isn't really focused on uh, you know, a direct-to-consumer energy product. And so it made more sense for the company to be its standalone company. And so we, you know, they spun it out and um, uh, it's been an independent company now for three or four years. And we've been uh, focused on New York State and uh, now Connecticut as our, as our markets. Are there other companies utilizing this technology? So, for example, I'm based in Texas. Is there a way for me to get access to this sort of uh, geothermal technology? That's, that's a great question, AJ. So, you know, we're, we're focused on New York State at the moment because New York, believe it or not, has 2.5 million uh, homeowners who still heat with fuel or propane. And for listeners who are from places like Texas or California who might not be too familiar with the cold climates that we experience in the Northeast, um, basically what happens in the, in, you know, in the late fall and winter is that... Um, these big fuel trucks, the same ones that fill up gas stations, uh, are traveling all across New York State and Massachusetts and New England, filling up large fuel tanks and propane tanks in people's homes. Um, these are, you know, 500, 750 gallon tanks, uh, and these trucks literally come to your house, pull up, pull out a hose, and fill it, fill up your uh, your tank like you would a uh, car at a gas station. It's it's hard to believe that that's the case, but um, that's the, that that is still the case for millions of, of Americans, and so the reason we're in New York is New York is the largest market uh, in terms of how many homes are heated with fuel and propane. Uh, but our intention is to definitely go beyond New York, um, all throughout the Northeast, and then uh, eventually, you know, all around uh, the country. The Department of Energy, the DOE, estimates that something like 29 million homes in the U.S. could benefit um, economically. Uh, from installing a geothermal heating and cooling system. So uh, folks in Texas who experience very hot summers uh, because geothermal also offers cooling would be a really good solution. Geothermal is actually really popular in uh, in the southern parts of Florida uh, because it is a really efficient way to cool your home as well. And so, yeah, there, there are use cases beyond New York State and the Northeast. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh... Yeah, when it got 40 degrees last December, my wife and I head to Arizona uh, to to stay stay warm. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it, what sucked was uh, it was the coldest winter Arizona had. So it was still like 45 degrees there. So, oh man. <laughs> So uh, the other question is, what what has been the go-to market strategy? What are some of the channels that have uh, worked effectively for you so far? Yeah, it's it's interesting because when you're working uh, with a technology that's as you know innovative and kind of sounds kind of new to to folks, the challenge really is to educate. Um, so geothermal, just to give you guys some sense, has been around for a long time. Ground source heating has been around for a long time since, at least um, you know, in, in kind of a uh, 
kind of commercial way since the 70s. Uh, you know, Cornell got a system installed at their campus in the 80s. Even St. Patrick's Cathedral got a system installed in 2017. So in New York City here. And so it's been around for a, a long time. But for most consumers, when you say the word geothermal, the first thing you th they think about, and I thought about when I first heard it, uh, was um, about Iceland or Yosemite National Park, right? You think about geysers, you think about um, deep earth geothermal. And so what our you know, kind of intention on the marketing team is, is really to educate folks about how the technology works. Uh, and via that education, we've seen a lot of success um, in adoption. And so in terms of marketing channels, we've done a variety of things. Uh, things that work well for us are you know, social media marketing uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, Google, a search obviously does well for us as well. Uh, direct mail, some event marketing, which obviously post COVID is, is harder to do, uh, but that's done well. Um, and, you know, relationships with um, uh, influencers in the territories we serve. Uh, so the local real estate folks, the local construction folks um, are, are great channels for us. Got it. And what's the uh, what does the outlook look like uh, for you guys? Were you impacted at all with the, what, what's been happening with the pandemic, or have you stayed steady? Yeah, it's that's a really good question. So um, obviously, because of the pandemic, our events marketing uh, you know took a hit, and that's unfortunate because we were you know we were in uh, you know it's so many different farmers markets and fairs and events throughout uh, New York state um, last year, but this year we couldn't do that. Um, the interesting thing is because of the pandemic, we were forced to adjust a lot of our processes. Um, typically, as you can imagine, for a system, you're buying a new HVAC system, right? Um, in most cases, uh, the, the way that most people sell a system like this is that there's a contractor who comes to your house give you a estimate based on looking at your system for a little bit and, and then they design something and then you move forward. Well, obviously, you know, we couldn't send out our sales folks or our designers or our site surveyors into the field because we obviously didn't want them to get sick or the customers to get sick. And so we went to a fully virtual sales and design process. And so now homeowners who live in New York state and Connecticut have a virtual meeting with our uh, with our energy consultant, where they learn about how geothermal works, you know, how much uh, can it cost and how much can it, can it save the homeowner. And then our design process, the way we design the system and the way we survey the system all happens virtually as well. And so we've actually gotten faster and better and uh, have actually reduced our costs by a substantial margin uh, on the sales and design side. Thanks, you know, uh, thanks in part to the pandemic because we were forced to innovate. And Elias, talk to me about, so, you know, when you're talking to people about geothermal energy, is, is part of the, is half the battle just educating people on what it actually is? That, that, that would, I would say that is 90% of the battle. <laughs> so you're spot on there, Vincent, because once you could explain to folks how it works, um, then the sales pitch becomes pretty simple uh, because um, the benefits are so are so big. And so like, and, and how, you know, there, there's obviously other companies out there like yours, but what makes you guys unique, you would say? 
that's also a really good question. Yeah, I think the thing that makes dandelion different, uh, there's a few things. Uh, number one is, you know, we're a, a vertically integrated company. Um, so, you know, the same way the solar business, maybe 20, 25 years ago, if you want to get solar panels on your house, you would need to coordinate with a roofing contractor and an electrician and manufacturer and, you know, coordinate with each piece of the puzzle and put it together yourself. Now there's companies like SolarCity and you know, Tesla and Sunrun that do the whole process for you from start to finish. So we, like those companies, manufacture our own heat pumps. We install, we service, we sell. We do everything ourselves. That's that's number one. Number two is we have a, a heat pump um, that we produce that's uh, about half the cost of a heat pump that's readily available on the market by other um, by other companies. And then we're also investing heavily into drilling technology. So uh, to get a geothermal system installed, there's something you have to do called uh, putting in a ground loop, which is basically a high density, a high density um, plastic pipe that you run underneath your yard that has, um, you know, water, a water solution in it. And um, uh, you have to drill about 300 to 500 feet into your yard. To, to install that and to drill that hole, you need to have a, you know, a drilling rig. And so for a long time, geothermal was drilled with these large well drilling machines that folks might be familiar with if they have a well in their yard. And so our innovation, the thing we're trying to innovate on is to create a, a faster, um, more compact rig that could fit on onto more yards. And, um, you know, we've done that and we, we keep kind of pushing the envelope there. Um, our sonic drilling rig that we have in market now, which has uh, been through a whole host of R&D, um, you know, is about 14 times faster in some cases than a conventional well drilling rig. And so you combine the, the, the speed and the efficiency that you get with dandelion. And at the end of the, and yet, sorry, at the end of the day, we wind up uh, because we're faster and more efficient, we save the customer money. Uh, and so the geothermal system, which was really expensive in the past, now becomes affordable. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, that really triggers with homeowners, right? Where it's like, okay, well, how's it going to save me money? I think people are really more, you know, conscious about that nowadays. And especially, you know, so cost is something, right? As far as it's lower than traditional you know, I remember, like you said, the energy people come in, uh, the, the oil truck, if you will, right. Kind of coming over and heating your home that way. Uh, there's cost benefits, I would imagine. For sure. For sure. And it, it, you know, if somebody's listening and somebody has uh, fuel or propane, they know that, you know, if you have an average sized home, you're spending, you know, anywhere from $2,000 to $4,000 a winter, just on the fuel costs that doesn't include the maintenance on the furnace or the boiler. And so, um, you know, why, by getting to geothermal, you completely eliminate that cost center. And, um, you know, if you're looking to replace your HVAC equipment, right? So your equipment has, you know, 10, 15, 20 years on it, and you're looking to get a new uh, central AC or a new furnace in a, or a new boiler, uh, geothermal, you know, isn't uh, very much more expensive than those systems. And once you combine the fact that you never have to pay for heating fuels again, the cost and the ROI for a lot of homeowners is really effective. And so with some homeowners, uh, they see a payback on their investment within six to eight years. 
uh, a geothermal system, the heat pump lasts for 2025 and the ground loops, the drilling lasts for 50 plus years. And so, um, you know, for a lot of homeowners, they see it as a, as a investment into their property and the way for them to reduce their costs over the long term. So as head of marketing, uh, what are some of the key metrics that you are tracking about the business on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis? That's a really good question, AJ. Uh, f- for us, we obviously care about um, you know site traffic and the conversion rate from visitors to signups, uh, so to leads, and then how many of those leads are qualified, and then how many of those qualified leads uh, go and set up appointments with our energy consultants, and then how many of those folks wind up, you know, closing a deal. Um, and my job as head of marketing is to maximize within reason our volume of leads and um, how many uh, cons- consultations are scheduled and, uh, you know, and, and kind of try to try to optimize those numbers and, and, and uh, uh, as much as possible, reduce our cost of ac- acquiring customers as well. Got it. And how, how many, uh, what does your marketing team look like? Who are some of the key uh, positions that you have on your team? Yeah, so um, the marketing team at Dandelion is, um, it has a few different uh, components. Um, we have somebody who manages our um, uh, performance campaigns, our, our paid campaigns. Uh, somebody who manages content, which is very useful for uh, SEO, which is also a big part of our our marketing. Um, we had a, up until the pandemic started uh, an events team, uh, which we hope to hopefully bring back uh, once things uh, can return to normal. And then um, unlike most marketing teams, we also uh, have the inside sales team within the marketing function. And so typically the sales development role um, or the inside sales role sits within the sales organization, but because the consultations that are scheduled are such a big part of the, the marketing, uh, the uh, inside sales and, or the STR roles actually within uh, the marketing team as well. Cool. Uh, and then for kind of uh, going into 2021, uh, are the strategies going to be similar to what you have done? Are there new uh, channels that you're looking to trying? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the things that we've been doing have been working really well. We've been able to our, to reduce our CAC um, considerably uh, over the last uh, you know year year and a half, and that's been really great to see. Uh, so we'll continue some of the strategies. The the things that I'd like to invest more time in and more effort into it are uh, obviously SEO, but also I'd like to uh, focus more on uh, video content. So um, you know, a lot of folks probably know this that. YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. Now it's obviously owned by Google. And uh, a lot of folks were looking for DIY projects or looking for information about how things like geothermal work. A lot of them will go to YouTube first to, to kind of see it instead of reading it. And so I'd like for Dandelion to be a leader in, in that video content. So uh, I think that's going to be an investment for us in 2021. And I'll, I look forward to that. You know, I also think now, like, you know, you and I, Ilias, we live in New York City, but a lot of people are uh, leaving the city, getting out of here, moving to those very same areas of, you know, outside of New York and Connecticut. I, I would think it's a, you know, prime time for Dandelion to start getting in front of some of these new homeowners 
uh, as they're more, I think, you know, environmentally conscious. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We've definitely seen over the last few months with the pandemic, a lot of New Yorkers from the city going to what the regions that we serve, which are Westchester, you know, up to Albany and West Connecticut. And uh, a lot of them are, you know, buying homes or, um, you know, thinking about building new homes. And, um, you know, a lot of those homes that they're buying have these, you know, really old furnaces and heating systems. And they realize that one, it's going to be really expensive to run the system. And if I'm buying a new home, I might as well, you know, kick off my renovation of this home with a new heating and cooling system. And uh, a lot of them are looking at geothermal and we're really happy about that. And um, and really, really psyched, psyched about the, you know, the, the, the possibility to help those folks. Yeah. And this stuff was like astronomically priced before, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just, you know, a, a, a lot of the myths around geothermal are that one, it's really expensive. That's the first myth. The second myth is that it doesn't work in the Northeast, but um, obviously it works in the Northeast because we've installed hundreds of these systems already in New York state. Um, and, on pricing, um, yeah, I mean, you could get a quote for geothermal, you know, five, ten years ago for eighty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, and now we have customers we're serving who have an average size home, and we're getting them a quote, you know, of uh, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars, right? And if you compare that to what they would spend on central AC and a new furnace and a new water heater, it would be very comparable. Uh, and like I said, you know, they don't have to worry about the, the, the fuel, the fuel payments anymore. Um, and the thing that I think is also innovative about Dandelion versus other companies is that we offer financing. And so for a homeowner who has an average size home, their financing payment for their geothermal system will be about, you know, $150 a month, which in many cases is less than they're paying on a monthly basis for their heating and cooling costs. So there are some homeowners who see an ROI when they buy the system with cash of six to eight years. There are also some home- homeowners who see immediate savings because they've decided to finance the system. I mean, and also a homeowner should feel good about themselves, right? It's, it's you know, a lot of the other systems have negative consequences on the environment, uh, health, right? I mean, I would imagine I'm the furthest thing from a doctor and environmentalist, but I would imagine that is is a benefit. Speaking of that, is that uh, and and if it, if it wasn't a reason, that's okay. You know, it's no one's going to hold you to that. But I, it was part of you wanting to join a company like this because of some of that, like kind of almost like doing better for the world, like or maybe the world, but doing better for uh, the environment. Is that part of what you drew you to this role? If you're like, no, it was just the money, but I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, that's okay too. But I'm just like, you know, I, I got to know you, but I'm sort of, he thinks that maybe it was. Yeah. For, I think for me, the, the biggest things were innovation and energy independence. Um, the fact that we're uh, giving folks independence from their heating fuel company or their propane company and the innovation that technology for me are probably number one and two. I think the, environmental and health benefits are up there for me as well. Uh, like I said, you know, a homeowner who switches to the system is reducing their carbon emissions uh, by up to 80% and they have fuel oil. And um, it, that's not to mention what the indoor air quality impacts are. Um, because, you know, as you can imagine, burning a fossil fuel in your basement or in your you know, garage or utility, utility closet 
all that, all those fumes, all those, you know, emissions are in your home um, from burning. And so, you know, uh, it's the same way when you turn the oven on, right? You, you the, the space heats up and you have a, you feel, you feel that. And sometimes you get a headache because of the, you know, the, the gases that the burning emits. Uh, being able to completely eliminate that is, is wonderful, especially now that people are spending so much more time in their homes versus being in an office, right? And so, you know, I've I've become I've gotten to become um, very aware of my indoor air quality and my uh, you know air conditioning um, and heating in my home the last few months because I've been here a lot more, and so I think uh, folks will definitely be a lot more aware of that. Um, as their their as their home and working from home now post pandemic. Yeah, I, I became very acutely aware. I needed a swimming pool in Texas in summer if you're trapped in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come take a dip. Yeah, there's like a six month uh, backlog of swimming pools in San Antonio now, so it it won't be this summer. And it's it's a, it's the same for us. We have a we have a six about a six month backlog uh, to install as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good booming industry to be in. <laughs> so what's kind of a marketing uh, pet peeve you have, something that really annoys you uh, when people say or do something? That's a good question. Um, I, I think it's, you know, a, a lot of it's um, probably folks who, uh, you know, like to give marketing advice, not having done or walked the walk, you know, before or have like uh, proven results um, or help to build something or help to create something. I think that's, that's probably a pet peeve of mine. I think you could, you know, it's helpful if you're a marketer uh, to be able to show folks that you've been able to successfully scale a company or, reduce CAC or, you know, uh, do something, do something to that effect. But there's a lot of folks who think about marketing as a nice way to say that they understand uh, what creative should look like. And that's a part of marketing, right? Obviously design and creative. But um, if you can't, if you don't know how to utilize design and creative and um, messaging and copy to drive acquisition, to drive reduction in uh, CAC, drive increase in demand, you know, I think that's a that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one for sure. And what about a company or a marketing message that you really like, or a campaign you saw on TV and you thought, "Wow, this is a this is a great marketing campaign." Yeah, to, to be quite honest, I'm a you know I'm a millennial, so I don't I don't watch too much TV. <laughs> um, but um, but um, I, I you know I'm always I always love um, when companies get creative with, uh, out of home advertising, um, especially here in New York on the subways. I've haven't taken the subway in a while, but, um, there's a lot of brands who do a really, really good job. And my favorite subway campaign has always been, um, Casper's, you know, it's, I think the, the subtlety of their puzzles and the advertisement, the advertising they do is so, so great. And it's, uh, subliminally, I'm, you know, always doing those puzzles when I'm, when I used to be on the subway. And, uh, you know, the, the branding isn't, isn't large, the logo is really small, but I, I will, you know, now always think of Casper first when I think of a, a, of a mattress. Great. Yeah. It's definitely one of the, uh, larger and more successful direct to consumer brands right now. And then what, uh, 
what do you do to keep your clients engaged and what does uh, retention look like in your industry? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because um, a lot of folks don't think about uh, a heating an HVAC product as a, as a, as a product or like a brand, um, you know, when you need an HVAC system installed, you know, some people will, will be able to tell you off their t- off the top of their head. Oh yeah. I know a carrier or I know Bosch or I know, um, you know, one of these other big companies that, that make heating and cooling equipment. And so um, once you get a system installed, if it's by Dandelion or by somebody else, um, you know, it'll be there for, you know, if it's a traditional system for, for about 15, 20 years, if it's a geothermal system, 25, 50 years. And so the retention piece isn't, isn't big uh, because we're, you know, we're getting into somebody's home and we're providing them with those benefits. The piece that's interesting about uh, our company versus other companies is that we actually include uh, the ability to monitor the system uh, via Wi-Fi through a centralized uh, database, which is which allows us to see, you know, um, if there are any issues with the heating and cooling system and identify them before they happen, right? And to do a lot of this kind of preventative um, maintenance for, for customers. And so um, that's a really cool cool aspect of what we're doing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, we look forward to, to building on, on that in the future. Hmm. Uh, Ilias, talk to me about where the... Where the where did the name dandelion come from? It's a pretty unique name. Yeah, that's uh, that came from the uh, the alphabet X uh, days, and the idea with dandelions is that you know a lot of folks think about them as a, a weed in their yard, but uh, in reality they're you know really uh, helpful to to the yard, and they actually uh, provide a lot of benefits. They're also really nutritious, and they have actually benefits if you eat them. I haven't tried a dandelion myself, but so so I heard at least. Um, But uh, the thing about dandelions is, you know, we, we hope that geothermal uh, systems will, will, will spread like dandelions, right? That every yard uh, in America someday will have a a geothermal heating and cooling system because it's the most efficient way uh, to, to heat and cool your home. I love that. I love that. It's, uh, yeah, you didn't think about that right away. You know, I've never tried to eat a dandelion. No, but I've, you know, having a three-year-old, I, we, we, we blow on them and they go all over. Yeah. Beautiful sort of thing. I love that backstory. That's pretty cool. So far, you know, being at dandelion, uh, this is kind of like a two-part questions. Like what, you know, what is one of the most, you know, one of the coolest things that you've seen thus far at your role there? And then taking it a step further, one of the most kind of valuable things you've learned during your career thus far, you know, uh, being a millennial, you know, not, not in the career long, too long, uh, way more to go. Right. But talk to me about that. So first at Dandelion and then at your uh, exciting at Dandelion, uh, you know, and valuable in your career. Sure. So uh, I think the most exciting thing for me at Dandelion so far has, um, when we participated and we were a part of uh, this old house, um, I'm not sure how many, you know. Yeah. Bob Vila. Come on. That's, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> for, for those non-millennials, you know that like me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, I, I grew up watching this old house and uh, you know, always, always been a fan of it. And so uh, last year we had the opportunity to invite the, this old house uh, team to an install where we're doing near Albany, New York. And uh, we had a whole episode about uh, affordable geothermal and uh you know they came out they filmed the process you know it's uh the 
episodes available on on YouTube. You can watch it. It's called Affordable Geothermal Dandelion. And that was an incredible experience. Those guys are professionals and they did a really good job. And I think the video really helps to educate, you know, kind of tell folks about how the process works. And for me personally, it was really cool to be to be a part of the filming process and to, you know, to give uh, millions of Americans across the U.S. who've seen that episode now on PBS and across YouTube, um, you know, some knowledge about geothermal. And then um, uh, something in my career. Uh, what, what was the second question? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. I know. I hit you with like 48 questions and whatnot. It's uh, the second one was kind of in your career thus far. You know, what are some uh, you know valuable uh, highlights or just some valuable lessons that you've learned thus far in your career? Yeah, uh, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think something that um, that I've learned that's been that's been really valuable is um, you know the importance of uh, setting expectations. Um, not only with you know customers you're working with uh, in the company you're working with, but also with your colleagues and your uh, your employees. Uh, setting expectations is really important. Communicating is very important. And so I, I think um, that's something that I've um, definitely learned over the last you know few years, and I, I hope to get better at. It's just. Um, Communicating, you know, just communicating to, to, to customers and employees about uh, company vision, mission, um, um, alignment across across the board. You know, it's 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 very important to get those things right. And speaking of like uh, alignments, right? You know, a classic tale of misalignment or often marketing and sales. How closely do you work with the sales teams? What what are kind of the sales teams look like? Are they kind of territorial? uh you know just regional that sort of thing yeah that's that's a really good question so um um shout out to our director of sales levi um yeah we have a we have a great relationship uh the marketing and sales team i think it's you know it's uh it's really good because we understand the importance of each function within the company um the sales team without the sales team mark our our marketing would not do anything because at, at the end of the day the customer's not buying the product on the website. They're buying it via consultation, you know, in person with a consultant. And uh, our energy consultants are some of the best, I think, in the business. A lot of them came from the solar industry and the solar business working in companies like Tesla, Solar City, And those guys really drive our marketing across the finish line by being able to sell the product to the consumer. And, um, yeah, our, our sales team is terrific. And, they, you know, they serve... Um, all of New York and Connecticut now because all those sales happen virtually. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to hopefully bring on uh, a lot more sales folks to our team later this year and into 2021. And then what do you think uh, is going to be the kind of the next uh, breakthrough in the energy market? Do you see geothermal being the one that, sort of is the next four or five years? Is there something else in the pipeline for just the industry in general, not specific to your company? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things that I think is are, are really important right now um, in the energy markets. Um, obviously solar has been around for, you know, rooftop solar and residential and commercial has been around for you know, about 20 years strong now. And uh, that will continue. Uh, the interesting piece of that, though, is what Tesla and other companies are working on with battery storage. Um, I've had the 
the fortunate chance to see a Tesla Powerwall in person at a homeowner's house uh, a few months ago. And this, this gentleman had a solar uh, array on the roof. They had this, they had two power walls and they were getting a geothermal system installed from Dandelion. And so, um, you know, I think the future of homes, especially for people who are interested in the environment and interested in the future of technology will, will be that, um, you know, you have your solar panels, which um, create, create energy that you store in these power walls, these batteries that are in your garage or in your basement. Uh, that energy then powers your fridge and your dryer and your you know uh, television etc and the excess power that you store is able to also power your geothermal heating and cooling system and so you know hypothetically there are going to be many homeowners in the future who um, have access to power walls as the price comes down and as the price of geothermal comes down that will have these you know wholly self-sufficient homes um, you know, I think there's going to be a, a trend in that direction um, as the as the, as the costs come down. So I'm excited for that. Um, other trends, um, you know, specifically with, within the geothermal space, um, you know, we hope to see. Um, today we do residential projects, right? Single family homes and uh, two family homes. Um, in the future, I think we'll we'll probably see more community geothermal, meaning you do you know one large shared loop. In a new in a new development, and you connect all the homes in that development to uh, that one loop, and then everybody has a heat pump in their in their you know in their house, and that hopefully reduces the cost for folks as well. And so I think on the you know uh, consumer side, those are probably the biggest and most interesting innovations for, uh, for homeowners. What's you know knowing that you're not watching a lot of TV and you're very passionate about the energy. But uh, given the pandemic, is there what? What do you like to do for fun, especially during a time where most people have to stay home? Yeah, I um, I've I've been you know I, I played a lot of um, tennis in high school, and I uh, I haven't played in a long time. But there's no <laughs> there's probably no better socially distanced sport than tennis. Um, you know, being like a hundred feet across from your partner on the court, and so I've been playing tennis quite a, quite a bit. Um, you know that's been a, a great activity, keep, keeping keeping in shape and kind of uh, making sure to to stay active and get some fresh air. Because you know, as much as I love the uh, benefits of um, climate control within a home uh, and geothermal, uh, you know, being outside is, is wonderful in the summer. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I was looking at a chart and saw tennis is actually even safer than uh, golfing right now so that's uh, that that's the, that's what i've been trying to do as well so on the tennis side are you part of a league or do you play for fun we just we just play for fun here with, with friends uh here in brooklyn you know there's a number of public courts and so uh, you know we, we go and we hit around and you know try to try to hit around as much as possible and um, um yeah I, I wish i could play more um you know there's always an urge to to get on the court and and and, and play Great. Yeah, I got back into it after about uh, 11 years of not playing a couple of years ago. And it's been, uh, it's been great. I hate going to the gym. So it's a good way to keep fit without having to make time for the gym. Same here. Same here. 
So kind of uh, we're coming towards the end of the hour here. Uh, what's a good way to get your attention on LinkedIn? What are things that you actually respond to? Because I'm sure with your title, you get a lot of uh, junk mail. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think LinkedIn has become a, you know, um, the bane of my existence sometimes with those with all those notifications that I get uh, via LinkedIn and um um, a lot of those, you know, emails from from folks where they're trying to sell SEO services. Um, you can only buy SEO so many times before uh, you, <laughs> you you get tired of those messages. And so, um, yeah, I think I think things that are attention grabbing for us are opportunities that are you know that are interesting to to target homeowners. You know, we um, we participate in a number of different platforms like Nextdoor and. Um, you know, uh, house and other platforms and home advisor that target homeowners. I think those are interesting. I think any, any, any kind of uh, company or brand or um, something that's focused on uh, targeting uh, and, and speaking to homeowners is, is a really interesting message. Um, and I, I, you know, I definitely try my best to review um, my, uh, my LinkedIn inbox and so if there's, if there's something compelling there, that's a, that's a good way to get in touch with me. And, and what do you hate, you know, as far as the LinkedIn message? Because this, this is a question, it's become a staple here on the marketing stir, kind of what we, you know, the LinkedIn message, you know, what, what really, you know, gets you, well, maybe not angry, but that you just don't like seeing when, or you never respond to in LinkedIn. It, it, it's definitely the, um, the uh, SEO kind of uh, consulting services or yeah. the, you know, paid search consulting services where my name is misspelled or the, the company yeah. is misspelled. You, you know that somebody's using a uh, some sort of, you know, um, growth hack to automate those messages. Yeah, exactly. I always know when someone, it's like, you know, my name is like in a different color and then from the rest of the message, I'm like, hey, you don't even take the time to make mine the same the same color. My goodness, yeah. You know, I my pet peeve. I've said it many a times for the audience to remind them again is if you know sometimes if if I do reach if I do accept your LinkedIn request because I was duped by about five or six uh, mutual connections, don't immediately hit me with a uh, with a sales pitch. Don't immediately do that. You know, just kind of just wait a little bit. Uh, that's my pitch there. Uh, anyway, so Ilias, talk to us about, is it, you know, your, or not talk to us, if you want, just leave us with a, a closing statement, uh, you know, something you want people to know about you, Dandelion, just you know, geothermal energy, uh, and then we'll take this thing home. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I'll actually quote our executive chairman who actually appeared on a podcast called what it takes uh, on the energy gang uh, from green tech media um, and so our executive chairman is a gentleman named dan yates and he co-founded a company called opower which ipo'd and then sold to oracle uh for uh, you know a lot of money and um and so he um in that podcast interview which came out uh, in july he mentions that he thinks that Dandelion is the single best investment he's ever made. And he thinks it's the only company he's ever invested in that has the opportunity to become a $10 billion business. Um, and so, you know, I told you guys about the market size. I told you guys about the opportunity. Um, 
you know, it's a, it's, it's a compelling, compelling business that you know, very few companies in this, in, in the world are working on. And this is somebody who's, you know, IPO a company and uh, sold a company uh, has such, uh, you know, uh, great things to say about Dandelion. So that makes me, that, that makes me feel good, obviously to be a part of the team. And uh, you know, if anybody has interest in uh, learning about Dandelion or, learning about my work experience or learning about geothermal or being a part of what we're doing. Uh, yeah, please, you know, feel free to, to reach out via LinkedIn. I'll, I'll do my best to respond as, uh, as quickly as I could. That's amazing, Elias. Thank you so much. I love that, you know, to have a vote of confidence from someone like that. That's fantastic. And, you know, I appreciate you educating us and our listeners on what Dandelion is and geothermal energy. I learned a lot. A pleasure to speak to you again. That's Ilias Frankel, the head of marketing at Dandelion. I, of course, am Vincent Petrofessa. He's AJ Gupta. This has been The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.